Hello there, everyone. This is Martha. And this is Emma. And today we're going to be talking about like what we've learned in our past four years at UFT advice for first year. So y'all don't make the same mistakes we did. Uh, yeah, so really excited to share our knowledge. Um, it was a lot of trial by error. Um, and so obviously things are a little bit different this last year because of the pandemic, everything's moved online. Um, but a lot of the advice that we're going to give is just um, based off of our first year experience, which, which was in person, but we'll hope to like make some um, overlapping advice. Um, yeah, so our first topic is sort of about uh, residents and living on campus. Uh, both Martha and I lived on residence in the first in our first year. I went to Vic and Martha was at Trin. Um, and so I think that maybe our experiences were a little bit different, but Martha, do you want to just like talk about what it was kind of like to live in that environment for you? Yeah, um, it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> One thing that I had really had to learn like early on, it took time, but you should not get caught up in residence drama like whatsoever. It's so easy to like fall into, maybe Trin is just different, but it's easy to fall into this mindset that this is high school stuff. Like it looks, it feels so clicky. You you're like, mm -hmm. you feel compelled to know who's who, what's happening with this person, what's happening with that person. And honestly, it's not your business. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, this stuff does not affect you. It's not high school. I cannot emphasize that enough. It's I not know. high school. I totally found that too. It's like you get sucked into this kind of cliquey environment. Yeah. And the truth is that like at the end of the year, once you move out into your own place the next year, the only people that are going to matter are the close friends that like you want to see yeah. and so yeah it's really just not it's not worth it um it can be like there are still lots of really fun aspects of res that are not really dramatic and um I think that what I'm really, really happy about is that I stayed focused on finding a group of like-minded people who I could just vibe with and like think about getting apartment with the next year. Um, and so that was the best part of rest, finding close friends, I'd say. That's what I was going to say. It's I'm supposed to just trying to find a bunch of people to be quote unquote friends with, you know, you want to you're looking for like quantity. No, no, no. Look for quality. It's fine if you have like a handful of friends, as long as you know they're solid and at the end of the day they're gonna have your back. That's way better than just being able to say or just being able to look as if, oh my gosh, yeah, this person has like a shit ton of friends, but when you actually need them, they're not available to you. That's one thing I cannot stress enough. Please, please go for quality. And it's kind of true. Like since if you have like a ton of friends in first year in res, they kind of, not to say that this is true for everyone, but I kind of found that like a lot of it was friendships due to proximity, you know, yeah. like we're all living so close to each other and like, it can be a really vulnerable time and you need a lot of support and it can feel really great to have such a wide network of friends. But really when 
again, when you move out or you go back home or whatever, it's then when you realize who your true friends are, you know, the ones who are going to stick around and you're going to like continue to want to see, you're going to make the trek out to see. Um, and so, yeah, just like keeping, keeping like mindful of that, like who's really there for you and, you know, who are you just going to kind of be acquaintance or classmates with in the future. And like, even more than that, you don't have to just befriend the people in your own residence or in your own like college go meet people in other colleges somehow not just saying go go show up at like ns or something be like hi i'm here to be friends with you <laughs> no no but find ways that you can meet other people on residence in different colleges you're not limited to your own space your own college no go see new environments there is always something to be learned from the different colleges like as emma said earlier on the two of us 100 we had different experiences even though we both lived on, on residence you know so yeah it's really important don't just limit yourself to the confines of your own college because so yeah. right it can it can feel like a really small little world yes. right you know and if you lock yourself in there too and you, like I don't know, it's comfortable. You don't like, you don't really, you might not feel like you want to make new friends if you've already vibed really well with people who you're living with, but it's so worth it. Like some of the best friends I've made are from clubs and cl um, classes and, you know, other colleges. So yeah, that's really good advice. Um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Did you find that when you were living on res, you're in like the first few weeks, or like potentially the first few months that you were not exploring Toronto or were you just stayed in the UFC bubble? I didn't even feel like at the end of first year, I had explored all of Toronto. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I went to Kensington Market a couple of times and <laughs> Center and I was so mad at myself because when I like accepted Toronto, one of the things that I thought I was going to do was like, that was one of the, the main selling points for me and then I didn't feel like I even got a chance to leave res yeah no. yeah what for about me, you for me it was different because I have grown up in Toronto so I have seen like this area so I didn't feel as compelled I didn't have to really explore the place because I don't I do know this place this area right but I 100% I did notice I was not leaving UFT in particular just train I was just like go to class then come back to my res or like mm -hmm. I just stay there not in my room but like just stay on train camp um train grounds and it took me a while to realize hey 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 when's the last time you've actually like taken the subway <laughs> gone back home yeah yeah please explore y'all please explore definitely that's a really good piece of advice and like there's so much cool stuff going around in the city there's well not maybe not right now but <laughs> you know, the art galleries are like free for students um on wednesday evenings um there's like lots of festivals going on food markets get out there try new restaurants you know go walk really cool go walk around Just walk around yeah beautiful views to see please do not limit yourself to ufc grounds um yeah so that's kind of our broad and general res advice and then our next advice is going to be on 
extracurriculars and clubs. And I think we kind of have a different take from what <laughs> what's traditionally put out there. Um, our advice is maybe don't join as many clubs as you think no. you should. <laughs> no, because like I remember doing club fair um, it was after our like parade and just going to King's College Circle and you see a bunch of booths set up and everything looks so interesting to you. So you're like, I'm going to sign up here. I'm going to sign up here. But then after that one week is over, when you start getting emails from them, it's like, just oh, junk, junk, no. junk. When did I do this? I know. <laughs> why, like, why is the varsity still emailing me <laughs> three times a week? I've never written for them. It's my, I've been here for four years. <laughs> Uh, and I'm too embarrassed to say, please take me off the emailing <laughs> list because it's like this shame that I never did it. <laughs> but that was literally from Clubs Fair that I put my name on that list. So sign up for a bunch, but no, actually, it may be hard, but try and look at things that it's like, okay, it's realistic that I may actually follow through with this and the 20 clubs you just signed up for it's not realistic <laughs> that you're going to go to each and every like club session look at like just a handful yeah you know, actually like, this actually picked you. yeah I would agree and I also think that like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel pressure to stay a member of a club if yeah. you if you go even if you've spent like a year going and you just don't like it or you're not interested anymore you know you don't really owe it to anyone find something else there's a thousand clubs on campus um and if you don't like something on to the next you know next one on to the next but it is still really important please do not go four years and all you're dedicating your life to is academics. Right. No, that's, no, 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 please, extracurriculars, that is, you need to show, like, you're a well-rounded person. Sure, you can have, like, that GPA, like, 4.0, whatever, but you need to balance it out with extracurriculars. It's also, also, yeah. so, it's also just such a great social um activity yes. too for you you know it's like an extracurricular yeah looks great on the cv but it's also a really awesome experience for you to learn more about yourself and what you like and people who are into the same stuff as you i'm so glad that i joined asu yes. i was yeah it's like seriously i didn't really i didn't know how much i would enjoy student government before um I took the leap and I'm so glad that I did. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it may be different for people who live off campus, like commuters, because I don't know what time clubs usually meet, but sometimes it may be inaccessible. But the thing, it's like, I look at it as kind of being, it shouldn't be a trade-off, but you have to find ways to like inspire or motivate yourself to find time to go to different club activities because especially if maybe your house is like a couple of minutes off campus you may just be tempted go to class go home mm -hmm. maybe don't please <laughs> try and just stay on campus a little bit check things out just expand your social circle please i cannot beg <laughs> or emphasize that enough yeah i think that it's something that everyone knows, you know, join clubs, join clubs, but there's a reason why it's so pushed. Um, yeah. 
and coming from students, it's definitely one, one of the best decisions um, that I've made. So the next topic that we're going to look at is sort of, you know, you get to U of T, maybe you were the top of your class in high school, or you sort of have really high expectations set for yourself or um, your family does. And you've heard of the grade drop off, but you don't really think it's going to happen to you because oh you've got yeah. a plan and you're <laughs> different from everybody else. And then you take a first year math course, oh my God. Um, math 135, 136, or maybe, maybe it's a bio course or a chem class. Um, and and arts classes too as well. Like they're really hard here um, and it kicks you in the ass. What do you do? How do you feel? You get that first midterm grade back and you're like, is that what? That's not me. And we're here to tell you uh, that we've been there. And imposter syndrome is really real here, to be honest. And it's common, but people do not talk about it that often mm -hmm. because they did this facade that everyone is doing well. Everyone has their shit together. They're lying to you. Trust me. But like, no, I feel like because in an environment like UFT where like excellence is like the standard, you think everyone is doing so amazing because you see a oh, world scholar, this person did this, that person did that that's not representative of everyone mm -hmm. whatsoever. And I feel like that really ties into this whole thing. You really cannot compare yourself to others. That may sound so difficult, but I feel like that's setting yourself up for failure. The second you start comparing grades with your friends oh. or classmates, that's gonna be like the start of like the beginning of the end. Because the way I would look at it, your marks and my marks, there's no correlation. My marks do not affect your marks and your marks do not affect my marks. So why are we comparing ourselves? Is it like a, a momentary ego boost? It doesn't do anything for you. I know. Honestly, like probably until third year, I was so still so caught up in marks and I kind of associated this is awful, but I associated my value as a person with my mark so heavily that I would get, you know, a mark I wasn't happy with. Like I would get like a B minus and I'd be like, I'm a B minus person, you know, that just kind yeah, of yeah. like, yeah, that like association. And it's comes from, you know, like being perfectionist or like really caring about like school and it becoming your identity. Don't let school become your identity. Honestly, it doesn't make you a very interesting person, but more than that, it's just so toxic for your mind and not good for your mental health at all. And I know it's easier said than done. Like I know that a lot of students go through this, but as soon as I was able to separate my academics from who I am as a person, that's one part of me. It's not the most interesting thing I do. Um, I became a lot happier um, and able to really just take a deep breath and <laughs> let some stuff go, you know? Uh, 
I really feel like for me, because my first two years were just rough, <laughs> I really realized that, hey, if I'm going to let my marks determine who I am, I will be miserable as hell. So I quickly early on, I'm like, you know what? I don't even think I ever did talk about grades to friends. Like, oh my gosh, what'd you get? Because I was struggling. I was literally, yikes. No, no, no. <laughs> so I, I learned there's no, there's no need. Also, the big thing to realize, you don't know what anyone else is going through. So you may have your own personal challenges that are factoring into the reason why you may not be doing as well. And that's fine. So imagine if you're like really dealing with something and then you're going to start comparing grades with someone who may not be going through what you are. And then you'll see, oh my gosh, they're doing way better in comparison. And then you start feeling bad, but you're not taking it into account look at your circumstances mm -hmm. that is really important just just in life generally don't compare yourself because you don't know what anyone else is going through totally and it's like everyone has their own strengths too yeah. like you don't know like maybe you're really great at this other class or subject you know so like what's the point of comparing doesn't really make sense and it helps no one in the long run so but our advice on that but even more so when we're looking at imposter syndrome, I don't know what your experience was like, but basically I'm talking about it from the perspective of like black and racialized students, because I know coming in here, I really felt, especially living on res, and I was like in the minority of one of the only like black women on my um, Trinity, in Trinity, I really constantly felt as if I was, what's the word I'm looking for um I had to constantly prove my worth mm -hmm. and show that I do deserve to be here and I know 100% this that really did affect me mentally because I constantly felt I'm not good enough to be here why am I here and I really feel like that is something that black and racialized students experience and I do not know um a solution for this or like a tip <laughs> honestly yeah I, I really don't know but I know one thing that pushed me to just keep on not drop out basically in my mind I'll always tell myself I don't want to be a statistic so I'm just gonna make sure no matter what I'm just gonna keep pushing on because like for me I'm just thinking of I when I learned I talk to like my fellow black friends and they say that sometimes they'll be like the only black person in a lecture hall mm -hmm. and it's honestly like how do you navigate that how do you deal with this type of things you know type of stuff because some people will question your worth like straight up like oh how'd you get in here or just make other overt or covert like remarks and i i don't know what to say like as emma said i <laughs> what are the answers mm -hmm. how to deal with this stuff i and guess the only thing that we can say is like, if you are listening to this podcast and you're going through the same or similar stuff, then know that other people are going through it too. I know it's a sort of a cliche to say you're not alone. And that's honestly the reason why I started asking moving on from, yeah, sure. It's been like a while since I have written because I've just been going through like personal things. Right. But, um, I, yeah, I started it because first year I was like, oh my gosh, 
I feel like there's no one like me around <laughs> who is like dealing with health issues, the extreme imposter syndrome, living on residence, financial worries, you're doing horribly in school. <laughs> so I was like, I really want to start something that will show other people, hey, 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 look, <laughs> that person right there, they also went through something similar. These are the tools they use to overcome. And then I, I, it really made me happy and kind of stunned to see like the positive feedback from students who are saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. This has been so beneficial to me. Yeah, I really appreciate it doing moving on from just putting up posters around campus with all these like oh what's your take-home message so it's not cliche it really that's one thing I wish it wasn't a, a cliche that um everyone else is going through this because it's true it really yeah. is so true <laughs> no matter how niche you think your topic is there must be someone else there are 26,000 undergrads there has to be a, like at least at least one person who can relate to you and uh, everyone's life from the outside looks so perfect, you know, because no one talks about that exam that they bombed and they're really embarrassed of, or, you know, the fact that they hate going to class. It's something that, you know, you feel like you're struggling alone with. It's just not the case. Not. No, it's not. So that's definitely really important to remember. And, and maybe if you can like find a really good support group mm -hmm. and network of people who love and care about you, then you're able to talk about it. And mm -hmm. that can be so, so, so important. Because you do not want to bottle up negative feelings. That is honestly a big thing. I don't look at admitting, okay, I'm, I'm struggling in this area. I'm struggling in that area. That's not a flaw that's not a weakness we're humans and we cannot be perfect 24 7 it's fine if you're not doing so well in a certain area but you have to have people around you as saying who you can turn to and depend on that's why it goes back to quality not quantity mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to at least have please at least one person in this world that you feel comfortable talking to because as the old like saying goes, a problem shared is a problem half. You're not, and that's there's the, uh, the other thing. Sometimes you feel, oh my gosh, I'm burdening my friends by telling them <laughs> what's going on. No, because it's so funny. I can tell a person, oh my gosh, you know, if you ever need me, I'm here for you. But when I need someone, I may be like, ah, I don't want to burden them. <laughs> and if we all have this mindset, how are we gonna share our issues or our yeah, or problems with our friends or loved ones, you know? Definitely. And it's all about like being a friend for people so that they can be a friend for you, you know? And when yeah. you really need, yeah, when you really need someone you're to listen to you and give you support, then, you know, I hope that I can return the favor one day too. Mm -hmm. And not feel like it's not about, no one's counting like the minutes and like, you know, <laughs> you're not in debt to me now <laughs> and if you are then maybe find more friends um but I think that that's again what we said it all ties in to finding people that you trust and that you think are gonna care about uh what you're going through 
But then also you have to make sure it's not a type of friendship where you are not only, you're not going to meet a person just when, you're not going to talk to a friend just because you're going, you're going through stuff. That's True. not a friendship. You're treating that person like a therapist and vice versa. You do not want to be in a situation where someone is only coming to you because they have issues. That's the only time they hit you up. That's not friendship. Friendship is a two-way street. If it's just mm-hmm. you always approaching someone because you have issues, please stop, self-reflect. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. do that. And then vice versa. Yeah, that can be a really tricky subject. I know like I've been in similar positions where, you know, it does, it becomes a lot and you need, you need support to support someone else, right? <laughs> so definitely, um, yeah, it has to be, you have to find that balance. Yeah, yeah. you need hard, but two-way street, it's all about reciprocity. And yeah, so on a kind of lighter note, just to kind of close out um, this episode, which has been really great so far. I think it's one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah. Um, is kind of about more about academics and how U of T does not make it easy to find out information. What are you supposed to be doing? Um, like, where do you go to get academic advice? What courses do you need to be in to get into that major? <laughs> what are experiences are you not taking advantage of because no one told you that they were available? All that good stuff. Um, so did you ever find that, Martha? Like in first year, someone would tell you something and you just be like, what? I have to do that? <laughs> or I didn't know that we had, that that was something that even existed. Yeah, no, UFD is extremely decentralized and it seems like you only know what you need when you need it. That's mm-hmm. the time that you're actually going to start scrambling to find resources. And as they say, to be forearmed is to be, wait, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Even before you start school or when you are starting school, honestly, sit, Google resources, UFT, um, clubs, UFT, academic support, UFT, and then maybe like narrow it down to look at your college, to look at your program so that you are not scrambling around. And it does suck that we have to find our information by ourselves, but I feel like registrars, that's where they can come in to be of um, valuable, to be valuable resources for you. But yeah, no, you do have to find lots of things by yourself. It's really a learning curve and um, kind of a trial and error system. You don't really know, like I have a bunch of friends who really didn't know what they wanted to do in their first year coming in. And so they took a bunch of elective courses that weren't really related or in similar departments. And then when it came time to declare your major, they didn't realize that a lot of them were level two and three, meaning that you had to have a list of prerequisites. And it's not just like a couple, like one intro course. Sometimes it can be like three FCE. And you're like, well, you said that I could have this year to declare a major, but you really can't because you have to be taking precisely the right courses in order to get in. So, and that's, you know, something that they don't necessarily advertise very widely. Um, 
So that's something that you need to be aware of before you come, which is really tough. (laughs) Because you come in here thinking, oh, I'm an English major. No, you're not. (laughs) You have entered as a humanities student, but at the end of your first year or when you get, is it for um, full full course equivalents, FCEs? or so, yeah. But it's when you get that like four or five, that's when you're able to declare a major. And I I didn't realize that. And like, I basically, I I wasn't even going to have enough credits at the end of my first year. So that went to my second year. That's when I was able to declare a major and that's fine. But Mm -hmm. you really have to, I really wish they actually did tell people that that's not what you're in. You're not a neuroscience major. You're not a neuroscience specialist. No, no, no. You just entered as a life science student. Now you have to go and get these prerequisites. And what was it? What's that um, website? You said Degree Explorer, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can map out your degree. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that that existed until probably like second semester of second year, which is kind of ridiculous um, and embarrassing, but that's just the truth because no one told me and I didn't know. And I was just, you know, checking on course calendars and like hoping and praying that it would all work out. So yeah. And then kind of another thing that we talked about is the idea that everyone needs to be taking five Um, full year courses a year and you have to graduate in four years and you know that's just not reality it's not it's worth it to think about the pace that you want for your degree Um, you know if you really like taking summer courses um, and it it makes your workload a lot less to take four courses in the semester or less do that definitely just like think about you know your happiness your mental health like all of the other things that you're interested on the side and how you're going to plan your time accordingly um that's something that you should start thinking about in first year as well because at the end of the day i really do not know how it's some people are able to manage it big ups to y'all but managing five courses a semester full-time job, social circle, getting at least eight hours of sleep at night. Come on, how is that even possible? Who you like made that shit up? And said, That's That's <laughs> it makes zero sense to me. Once I want to go back to my first year, even before I came into UFT, I was talking to my mom and I said, you know, I think I'm going to take five years to graduate and I think I was talking to like a registrar or something and they said yeah that's normal like more and more as the years go by people are taking longer like an extra semester an extra year to graduate and honestly it's your life it's your money you're the one paying your tuition or whoever is paying your tuition but like you really cannot get caught up in how long it's taking another person to graduate because once more how does that have any impact on your life for me I'm going to be taking like I think six seven years to graduate and sometimes I do really feel embarrassed about that right I'm like oh my gosh my friends are all graduating this year I still have like a little ways to go then I realized hey my ending a second year I did a whole program switch so nothing I had was going to be like applicable really to my new field so that's fine. Why are you going to be comparing yourself to anyone? Take six years. It's your life. Take seven years. It's your life. Take more years. It's your life. <laughs> Definitely. I think that a lot of our advice 
um, the overarching advice here is to just to take this these four years to explore who you are, whether that be in your social circles or your academics, forge your own path, you know, don't yeah. compare yourself to others. And yeah, like take advantage of this time when people don't really expect that much of you because you're you're just a student and you know be be selfish figure things out for yourself and like really take the time to get to know what you like and what you don't and what you want to do in the future what you definitely don't want to do and yeah that's the best advice that I can give and also there is more to life than going to med school or going to law school I feel like that is a big thing at UFT, you're, oh, I want to become a lawyer. You go to like, or I want to go to med school first year. I feel like life science, everyone had that mindset. Med school, I want to be like a neuro, um, neurologist. I want to be a hepatologist. There is more to life than that. There are way more fields available, but I don't really know if it's commonly talked about. Like, oh, what are different options for humanity students? Mm -hmm. What are different like career paths for social science students? What are different um social like life um, paths? For um, life science students, you really have to, I feel like, go talk to a career advisor about this so that you know what fields are out there because, I, yeah, it can be demoralizing not knowing, oh my gosh, what am I going to do once I graduate? There's grad school. Or you don't even have to go straight to grad school after you graduate. Don't waste your money if you're not sure. Maybe take a year off, work in a field that may be interesting to you. Yeah, take your time, honestly. Mm -hmm. And and just in terms of figuring out what you want to do, I think that, well, first off, I am one of those people that thought that I was going to go to law school. Um, and, you know, I got really close. I even paid for the um, the practice okay. thing. No, no, not the test. I paid oh. for like um, an independent practice test thing. I think in my subconscious knew not to like actually do the courses where you have a real teacher because I did not like somewhere deep inside of me, I was like, you are not taking this test because you do not want to be a lawyer. And you know how I figured that out? Like I, I really held on to this thing just because that's something that I thought I was gonna, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Like I told myself that in high school, like I've told people I, like, I can't back out now, but the truth is I did an internship at a law firm and I hated it and oh, it wasn't really? for me I didn't you know and I think that that's the best way to figure out what you don't want to do is by trying it and I know that's like really hard obviously everyone's trying to get internships and stuff but it's like if even if you can just shadow um a person who has that career for a day you know or just and if you can't do that then like talk to people use LinkedIn and look up people who have a job or are in a grad program or whatever that you think that you want to do and just talk to them candidly a bunch of people are that's what I did one before I decided to go to uh, apply for grad school um and it really really helps to just get as much exposure to kind to different things that you think you might like and it's a it's an easier way to like weed out um the different possibilities so I'm really thankful that I did that because it showed me that wasn't for me. And I'm glad, so glad that I didn't, um, that I didn't 
kind of make myself do something that I just thought that everyone said I had to do, you know? What you said about high school really shook a nerve with me because that is honestly another thing. I feel like we mentally trap ourselves into Mm -hmm. what we thought we should or we were going to do. Like maybe from elementary school, you thought when I grow up, I want to be, I don't know, like a psychotherapist. Or like you just choose a, a topic or like a field and then you get to high school, you're like, I'm still going to do this. And you get to university and even though you see that the courses you're, you're taking are not interesting to you, the thought of going into this field is no longer interesting to you. You feel like because you started it, you must finish it. Please don't do that <laughs> because we are so young. Honestly, truly, we are young as hell. And even if you're not, it's fine. But you shouldn't feel like you, just because you say you're going to do something, you have to follow through with it, especially if the thought of it is filling you with dread. That's that's the biggest indication you don't like it. So if you're listening to this and you're not liking the course or program you're in, this is your sign to switch. Or <laughs> like Take a, like a second, think, why am I not liking it? And then look at what you actually do want to do. Because yes, finances are a major consideration. Perhaps you don't have, like you don't want to take an extra year, an extra, like two extra years to graduate. Look at it like as a long-term type of thing. Sure, maybe you're going to graduate in four years, but if you leave, you're not liking what you're going to go into. It'll take you more time to reverse it as opposed to just changing it now. And I was kind of thinking about what you were just saying, and I was couldn't stop thinking about like that economic concept of like sunk cost, you know, where basically the way they kind of explain it is if you are waiting in like a really long line for some store or something and your friend texts you and like you're fed up, you don't even want to like be there anymore. You don't care your friend texts you and they say oh my god there's there's gonna be this amazing party like come on we we should go but now and if you don't come down then it's and you say well I've already been waiting here for two hours like I have to stay but that that cost is that time that you've already spent is gone so you shouldn't be applying that to your future decision because you can't get it back so think about would you rather wait in this line more right now Or are you going to go do something that makes you really, that like you think is um, sort of like has greater value. And that's just kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, you spent, maybe this is like all you've thought about since high school or longer. And you've already put all this effort into it, but you hate it. Are you going to spend 30 years in a career that you don't (laughs) Or are you going to, you know, take a leap? And I know that this is a lot easier said than done. And it's also other people, you have other considerations that you have to take into account. But it's just like offering another perspective of like, is that a sunk cost? Should you be looking ahead and just thinking about what's next and not what you've already put into it? And that's really tough, though. That is such a good, like, example. Yeah, I actually really appreciate Yeah, No, that actually sounds so right. Because when you're talking, I'm like, where is she going to this? And I was like, oh my gosh, that does make sense. Why would you stay in this line if you're just upset? And yeah, Yeah, I've invested so much. It's like, well, you can't get that back. So why are you factoring that into your future decision? That's such a good, wow. 10 out of 10, snap, snap. (laughs) That was actually fire. (laughs) 
but that is so true apply that to anything in life if you're not liking where you're at don't look at how much time you spent leave easier said than done but like in the long term it will really make like a world of a difference mm-hmm. and you'll be like oh my gosh i cannot believe i didn't make this decision sooner have you ever just felt that like sense of relief like for me when i decided not to take that lsat i was like oh thank god you know <laughs> or you like you free yourself from this idea you're like oh i feel so much better i did i thought that i would feel really disappointed my i didn't <laughs> No, 100%. I did. Like I said, when I switched um, end of the second year from life science, even though like, I stayed in it, even though literally I never passed a chemistry test. It was literally by the grace of God <laughs> and my TA, shout out to my TA, my, my Chem 135 TA, who literally, she, she was giving me those little marks here and there. I'm like, oh, thank you. Whoever she is, I cannot remember her name. God bless you. I love you <laughs> because you helped me. But I stayed in this field, even though, like I said, I never passed a chem test, never passed a chem quiz. Because, oh, I did quizzes, I have a question, but I never passed a chem test. But I was like, this is what I always put my mind to since I was elementary school. I want to become a doctor. I cannot give up now. And then I was like, I am miserable as hell. Let me just switch. And ever since, A, my marks also took, did a whole like 180 and I'm actually doing well now. That is another indication. If your marks are just poor in your field, it may not be, it's not a reflection of you. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. You may not just, you just may not be enjoying what you're studying. And if you switch, you may see like a whole night and day um, between your marks. So yeah, no, I, I feel amazing. I'm actually way happier. My mom always says that like, when you're in life science, you are miserable. And now you're actually like genuinely happy. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know that's not to say that like people who experience the learning curve in first year can like you know you get that first bad mark and it's just going to be bad mark after bad mark and there's nowhere to go from there I know lots of people who have you know really struggled just because they didn't really have to try in high school and now they had to learn how to study so you just gotta you have to assess your situation is this is this, oh, I actually have to pick up the pace and work hard, like I don't know how to do, but I'll, I'll learn? Or is this, oh, no, this is not this is not for me. I don't like it. Yeah. And we can't really tell you which, um, which it is, but that's something you're going to have to figure out for yourself. But uh, sit down, do some introspection, yeah. figure it out. Give me introspection to realize, yeah, 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 I'm no matter how much energy I am putting into this stuff, I'm just not going to go uphill from here. It's going downhill steadily, switch, abort mission. <laughs> yeah, it does take time. But that is life. We learn in like hindsight, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, but before we go, another thing, office hours. Go to your oh, professor's yes. office hours. That's a good tip. Just go. Why did I, I didn't really take that one seriously until third and fourth year but it makes all the difference I guess it's just because that's when the classes get a lot smaller you know sometimes you feel like you're not like 300 person class you don't really want to go talk to the prof but even then I would say it's worth it to um have them recognize who you are you know get tips on that essay and just 
And I also, sometimes when I know that I don't want to do a certain assignment to schedule an office hours or tell myself I'm going to those office hours, then it forces me to like do the work, come up with questions, engage in that class. Yeah, it is interesting because oftentimes, even now, I know sometimes, well, online also, I'm like, I don't want to show up to my professor's office hours. What am I going to talk about? Yeah. Hey, figure it out on the spot. Talk about what they're studying like their research maybe ask for advice for mm -hmm. your future they just you don't need to know what you want to talk about just show up honestly just boom hi i'm here this is me yeah 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 we know it's hard <laughs> honestly yeah these four years i feel like i've been tested and put through the ringer um but you know, you come out stronger and no one can really take, no one can take that away from you. You know, there's always, it's always the joke that, oh, it's just a piece of paper, but it's not, you know, you've come a little bit closer to figuring out who you are as a person. You've met really cool people. You've had experiences that you wouldn't have otherwise had. And you've you know, learned how to work hard, how to stay dedicated to something. And that's something that, you know, a little piece of paper isn't, it's not the same. So, yeah. And honestly, also university is only like four, four to seven, eight years of your life. Mm -hmm. This is just so, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it's such an insignificant amount of time. We have so many years ahead of us, so many years ahead of us. You cannot let this time be like the be all end all. No, no, no. <laughs> because like 20 years from now, when you look back, are you going to remember, oh my gosh, the test I did, the quiz I failed? No, 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 you're not. You're going to remember like the experiences you had, people you met. Yeah. Still take the time seriously, but don't let it be this like kind of determine, like this huge determining factor. No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> You are more than your degree. Yeah. So way more than your degree. On that note, I guess we'll close at the show. Have a beautiful day, y'all. Thank you so much for listening and stay happy and healthy. And we're wishing you um, a good rest of your semester, wherever you're taking it from. Um, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.